Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, my fellow trash talkers. Whatever time you are tuning in, I'm glad to have you on board once again. You're listening to Trash Talk with D Bork, and I'm your host, Dave Bork, and this is episode 11 of our NFL pod, a little week 16 recap. And I hope everyone had themselves an amazing, amazing Christmas. Christmas Day NFL football, I mean, how much more do you need? <laughs> I hope everyone enjoyed their time with their family and friends. As always, we're going to run through our best of the best for week 16 action, as well as our time to take out the trash, and there's plenty of that and a couple of big hitters in our trash this week. We'll get through some questions on socials at Trash Talk with D-Bork at Instagram and TikTok. Hit that follow button. Keep sliding into those DMs for some question time. It's always a fun one and plenty to talk about, as always. Then we'll hit on our best bets for the week coming up as well as a little recap from last week very unlucky on christmas day with our reels but we'll hit on that a little bit later so why don't we start with our best of the best and how do we not start with the cleveland browns and joe flacco his little combination that he's got going on with amari cooper and david and joku i mean this team is boy boy how they paid the sean watson that much money Where's Joe been all this year? Seriously, 27 to 42 for 368 and three touchdowns. He has been throwing some picks and whatnot, but I've I haven't seen this version of Joe Flacco probably since his prime in Baltimore. <laughs> like he's airing this ball out something severe, and I think most people in Cleveland probably didn't realize they had these wide receivers to go with a, a serviceable quarterback like Joe. Amari Cooper Amari just had an absolute monster monster day at the office against the Houston Texans. He went for 11 receptions for 265 yards and two touchdowns. An absolute fantasy darling for those who uh, who had Amari in uh, their fantasy lineup in semifinals this week. I think he drew about 51 points there, myself included. Uh, <laughs> in a 36-22 to 22 victory at Houston. Probably the scoreboard looks a little bit closer than what it was. Cleveland just absolutely destroyed them. They really did. They've got themselves at 10-5 and five now and realistically should finish 12-5 and five, or at the very least 11-6. and six. They finish with the Jets this week on Thursday night football. They should be far too good for them, especially in a short week. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the better teams seem to, seem to roll on in shorter weeks and then finish the season at Cincinnati, who I guess will be vying for a playoff spot. But this Browns team is locked in for the playoffs you'd think. They're going to be either the 5 or the 6 seed. Can't win the division with how well the Baltimore Ravens are playing up top, but an incredible season, really, for Cleveland. And Stefanski probably goes very close, if he doesn't already, to winning Coach of the Year, given the injury to Deshaun Watson. Again, paying him a lot of money. I lost him, then you know, had some injuries to DTR as well as his backup, and they've brought in Joe Flacco off the streets, and they're probably the best the Browns have looked all year really since he's since he's come in if joe can look after the ball a little bit better i guess you're probably going to throw some picks given the service that you are dishing out the air raid offense i guess in cleveland it's, it's going to go a long way for this browns team to potentially winning a first round playoff game or potentially advancing to the afc title game because that defense is legit we'll hit on that a little bit later but yeah huge Huge week for for the Browns and Amari Cooper fantasy owners with Joe Flacco. That is great offense. How good. Next, the Detroit Lions. The brand new Lions. Their first division title in 30 years. 
we spoke about this in our very first podcast on the NFL all the way back in episode number one that this team would win the division. They would go, they, they're going to go very, very close to winning a Super Bowl this year. And I think a lot of Lions fans are like, let's just win a, let's win a playoff game first, to be honest with you. But they have, they've got themselves in a position now to potentially be a two seed. You know, at, at the very least, they're going to be a three seed, but there's a lot of things to work out here. There is a 30-24 victory at the Minnesota Vikings to sew that up and a lot of happy tears on Christmas Eve over in Detroit and a lot to celebrate there this year. Their ground game is just completely dominant with that two-headed monster in, in the explosiveness of Jameer Gibbs who went 15 for 80 yards and two touchdowns and David Montgomery continuing just to be extremely serviceable and dominant as well. He went 17 attempts for 55 rushing yards as well as as well as rushing in a touchdown there too. It's not just a ground game though for Detroit. Amonra St. Brown had 12 receptions for 106 and one touchdown. Goff looking after the pill. He went 30, to 40, 30 of 40 for 257 and one touchdown. Like we said, this team's currently tied for first in the NFC at 11-4 and four in a three-way tie with the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers, who are currently coming first. Detroit finished with visiting the Dallas Cowboys on our New Year's Eve here and then finishing against the Minnesota Vikings in the last week. You'd think that if Detroit managed to lose to Dallas and Philly and San Fran take care of business, Detroit can then no longer move up. So they, they're just locked into that three seed. So you'd think that they're probably going to rest against Minnesota in that last week. Philly finished with the Arizona Cardinals at home and then the Giants away. You'd like to think Philly are going to take care of business at home. There, stranger things have happened though. <laughs> and the Niners, you know, they travel to Washington this week and then finish with the Rams. So it all will go down to this week. I think this is somewhat Detroit's Super Bowl in a way to the Dallas Cowboys if they are going to make a push at that one or two seed it kind of you know keeps them in a position that they have to play that last week and maybe they want to maybe they don't want to rest and they want to continue the momentum heading into the playoffs because if you sometimes if you if you do rest you find yourself losing a little bit of momentum going into week one of the playoffs and if they do finish with the three seed you're probably looking at the Rams in week one a little Matthew Stafford little Matthew Stafford reunion day and uh, wouldn't that be fitting for the Lions to just put the icing on the cake and, and defeat Matty Stafford and maybe close that close that book for real but no disrespecting the great Matthew Stafford he won a Super Bowl at the Rams and he's got that team going to make the playoffs this year but this is all about the Lions right now Dan Campbell how can you not love the guy he's completely turned the culture of the Lions around and I've been on this ride for, for a few years now with, with one of my one of my very good friends, someone I consider family, who works for Detroit, and I couldn't be happier for this team. I really couldn't. They're, they're no doubt, and they're my, they're my second team behind the Tennessee Titans, and given the Titans are out of the race to to make the playoffs, I am all in Detroit on getting this done, and maybe with the Niners losing, they've, they've showed that there's a chance that this team could do it. could be destiny. Let's hope so. Just get through that first week. Outside of Detroit, let's go to Tampa Bay and Baker Mayfield. Again, no one saw this coming at the start of the year. <laughs> they, they destroyed the Jags. 
the Jags are sliding in the wrong direction coming up to, to playoff time, 30-12. to 12. Baker again looking after the pill, 26-35. They're now in the box seat to win that division at 8-7. and seven. It's a very bad NFC South. It really is. Threw for a couple of touchdowns as well, Baker. They beat the New Orleans Saints this week. They're in. It's as simple as that. They finish at Carolina. You'd like to think they're going to be far too good for them as well. New Orleans and Atlanta obviously must win out if they are to finish ahead of Tampa. That still kind of banks on Tampa losing, I guess, both games to Carolina too. New Orleans and the Falcons do play each other in the last week, so only one can make it. I'd say probably both miss just the way Tampa is is playing right now and, and the injuries, I guess, to the Saints secondary. I think Baker's going to dime out again to the likes of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and and he gets them into the playoffs. He does and probably secures a, a contract for next year because now they're, you know, let's be real, no longer in a position to draft one of those top dog quarterbacks. So Baker could be the guy in Tampa. He could. If you give him the supporting cast on the outside, which he has, you know, Godwin and, and Evans are elite. Rashad White's shown that he can be a, a very good running back for this team after replacing Lenny Fournette. There's no doubt in this Tampa team could potentially even cause an upset in, in week one of the playoffs. They're probably going to get either Dallas or Philly as a five seed, but I think it was it's, you've seen over the last few weeks that Dallas on grass do not look good. They're going to be doing everything in their power to win that division. They really are going to have to obviously rely on Philly losing a game, but yeah, Dallas on the road, not good at all outside of Jerry World. Yeah. Well done, though, Tampa Bay and Baker Mayfield. Speaking of teams who are flying right now, this team will not make the playoffs, but this man is playing for his career right now. Justin Fields. I get it. You look at his stat line as a quarterback this week, 15 to 27, 170 yards, one touchdown. Doesn't look all that great. But 97 rushing yards for another touchdown in a realistically a dominant 27 to 16 victory against the Arizona Cardinals at home. He's, since he's come back from this injury, he just looks like a different man. And their defense also looks incredibly, incredibly strong. The locker room is well and truly behind Justin Fields on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball just because there's been so much talk about, ah, Caleb Williams, he's coming straight in. They're going to get the one pick. They will. If Fields continues to show that he can be the guy, and he now he's got a guy, obviously, in DJ Moore who got hurt, Last week, yeah, we won't talk about that now <laughs> in one of our Sunday reels, but he was you know, somewhat of a decoy, I guess, coming back on. But he's also got a guy, a tight end now in Cole Komet, and those two have an incredible, incredible connection. If you can continue to build that offense around fields, continue to shore up that offensive line, get another receiver outside of Moore, if you have a little, you know, somewhat of a three-head monster with DJ Moore, Cole Komet, and someone else, there's no reason why Fields can't compete for a playoff spot in the NFC. There's not. He's he's still young. He's super raw. Obviously, has a lot of improving to do in, in throwing the ball downfield and whatnot. But if you give him enough time and protection in the pocket, he's going to improve. He will. Now, are you going to gamble on the fact that you'd miss out on Caleb Williams for keeping Justin Fields? Yeah. But you're going to have the one or the, the one and, I don't know, four or five pick at this rate. You're going to get two very good pieces there. You are. You can also trade back for, you know, a decent offensive lineman and whatnot. 
as your second pick, but or you you draft Caleb Williams and there's every chance that you make these two go at it in preseason camp. You could potentially trade Caleb Williams as well. There's no as as a rookie coming into the league, there's no surefire guarantee that Caleb Williams is going to be a guy. Yes, he's been incredibly elite in the college ranks, but as you've seen this year at USC, he hasn't gone to win a national championship. He hasn't. So who's to say that he's going to make the Bears a, a surefire home run hit for the playoffs? I mean, you can't really say that. You can't at all. But then if you draft a guy like Marvin Harrison, you give Fields that extra piece to then continue to improve and make a play, build around this guy. You're probably not going to win a Super Bowl with Caleb Williams or Justin Fields, but you improve your team for what you've got, continue to build through the draft, and give this kid some time. He's had so many coaching changes in the locker room. I feel sorry for him because he's somewhat of a scapegoat in this in this team. He really is. And he's just balled out. He really has. They finish with the Atlanta Falcons this, this coming week and then finish at Green Bay. Yes, they won't make the playoffs. They'll finish 8-9 and nine at best. But if they beat Green Bay, who will be a team competing for the playoffs, then that turns a page in the, oh, Green Bay, we've owned you for you know decades with, with Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre and whatnot. Justin Fields can then put that stamp on it and say, this is my team. You finish 8-9 and nine for a team who hasn't won a whole lot of games over the last few years, that'll be enormous. It really will. And I think Chicago are going to be making a big mistake if they lose this kid next year. I'll happily take him in Tennessee. <laughs> I really will. Let's finish up best of the best with the Las Vegas Raiders defense. They have been incredible since bringing Antonio Pierce in. And I swear on a whole lot of things, if Antonio Pierce is not re-signed after this season, they will... Oh. This team has already made that mistake with losing Bisaccio when he came in and brought him to the playoffs after the John Gruden firing. They moved on from him and they've completely gone backwards. This team is all in on Pierce. All in. You must keep him. You have to. Huge, huge win at Kansas City on Christmas Day over there, 20-14. to 14. Held Mahomes to 27-44 to for 235. Another burying, 250-plus passing yards. Um, one touchdown, one pick, which was a big six, and a forced fumble into the end zone for a touchdown. They rattled him. They really did. They held Kelsey to 44 yards, and he's a guy who just, you know, will smoke anyone. He's, his play has definitely dropped off this year, that's for sure, and we're not going to blame him going out with a certain superstar in Taylor Swift because that's just complete scapegoat. Skip Bayless, if you're listening to this, mate, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. She's not the one playing footy. They're the one playing footy, and they are playing awful. They really are. Now, this Raiders defense won this game on the back of Aiden O'Connell going 9 for 21 and 62 yards. <laughs> that almost seems impossible to win a game like that in Kansas City. You see his stat line, you say, how on earth did they win that game? Apart from their defense, Zamir White ran for 145 yards. They're now 7-8. and eight. They're not completely dead for the playoffs. If they win out, they go 9-8. and eight. They'd have to have results go their way. But it all it's one game at a time, realistically, for them. They travel to Indianapolis this week. That's a winnable game, especially if they keep playing this well and then finish versus the Denver Broncos. You can't 
you can't lose Antonio Pierce. You really can't. He's, he's, he's a guy who's given this team some life, given them a chance, and that's all you can really ask for. You can't ask for much more if you're, if you're a Vegas Raiders fan. You really can't. So well done to them. That is our best of the best for this week. Uh, I think it's time to take out the trash, and we have plenty to go through. All right. Thank you for coming through once again. Just past Christmas, there's plenty of trash. Let's start with the Kansas City offense here. Yikes. Boy, oh boy. They've, they've had something wrong with them all year. They really, they really have. They haven't looked like the same team. I know everyone's talked about you know, the, the wide receivers issues and whatnot. There's, the one shining light has been Isaiah Pacheco on the ground. He's been dominant. He couldn't move the ball at all against the Las Vegas Raiders in some pretty poor conditions, but their offensive line wasn't really helping him out a whole lot. And obviously, Mahomes wasn't taking care of the ball all that much too. They're only averaging 22.2 points per game, which is 12th overall in the league. So you start to think, how are they still the third seed in the league? Well, their defense has been second best in the league at 17.7 allowed per game. So they're lucky that their defense has been that elite because their offense has just been awful. And if you think about years past with the with the Chiefs, their offense has been lights out. And they've still got the same guy at the helm in Patty Mahomes. They've obviously lost Eric the Enemy this year. Does that have something to do with it? Maybe that meant you get a race in Washington. I don't know. Not to talk about their offense because it's awful. But yeah, they, they seem they seem they're seemingly lost. They really are. They're probably lucky that their run home gets them the Bengals this week. I think they'll be hoping they get Jamar Chase back for them to be any chance in that one because they were dreadful against Pittsburgh and then finish with the Los Angeles Chargers and whoever backup quarterback and is just not it right now for them. So the Chiefs probably do win out, but it's hard to see them it's hard to see them winning in the first round. Even even with the home playoff game, they'll either get probably it's probably a three-horse race between Buffalo or Miami, whoever wins that division, and the Cleveland Browns. So you're coming up against a very, very tough defense in the Browns and you know an offense that's just motoring now with Joe Flacco. You're either getting Buffalo, who's riding incredibly high, playing some very, very good footy as a sixth seed, and you don't want to be facing them given the history of the Chiefs and the Bills, and Bills already came into Kansas City and defeated them this year. Or you're getting the Miami Dolphins, and yes, you beat them over in Germany, but, I mean, I wouldn't want to be running into Tyreek Hill, a Tyreek Hill revenge game for leaving his team. Hell no. They wouldn't be favoured. Or if they are favoured, it's it's minimal. So, yeah, something's definitely not right with that Kansas City offence, and they need to fix it ASAP if they are to move on to, at the very least, round two, because this is not a Super Bowl year for the Chiefs. It's not. Next point, let's run on to the... Philly running back stack. Yes, DeAndre Swift probably heavily outgains or outrushes the likes of Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott and whatnot, but seriously. DeAndre Swift is a guy who will get this team downfield with his legs and they continually take him out in the red zone for the likes of Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott and whatnot. It's 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 stupid. It really is. I don't know if Sirianni has, has Kenneth Gainwell as his flex or something like that, but... DeAndre Swift has showed in the past, especially even when he when he was playing in Detroit, that he could be a pass-catching running back as well. So there's no reason to take this guy out. He's clearly, clearly, clearly RB1 by a, a long, long way. 
and finally got into the end zone this week. For the last two weeks, he's been stopped short on the one, and you just know what they're going to do when they're one or two yards out, which is that you know, tush-push or whatnot. I get it that it can't be stopped, but you also have an elite running back in DeAndre Swift. Just get this man the ball, and he's going to get you into the end zone. If he gets you down there, keep him in the game. Simple as that. He should run all over Arizona this week. <laughs> he really should, but if you're going to keep him out there, that is. Anyway, so... Yeah, Philly, Philly really do need to sort that out. Just trust the guy. You trust him well enough, he's a chance of actually winning you a Super Bowl. You went away from Miles Sanders last year in the Super Bowl. A guy that was clearly there, RB1. So, how'd that, how'd that go? <laughs> Sorry, Philly fans. Next up, let's go to Buffalo. Buffalo continue to play to the level of their opponents, and it really, really, really needs to change. It does, because they have the New England Patriots this week, and it's as simple as this for Buffalo. Win, and you're in. You can't overlook this New England Patriots team. They've already beat you this year in New England, so you can't allow that to happen again. They floated with danger over the last weekend against Los Angeles Chargers, a team who copped 60 60 odd points the week before against the Las Vegas Raiders, and you know you're only winning 24 to 22 on a late late field goal to win that game. Josh Allen was only 15 to 21 for 237, one TD, one pick. Yeah, they can still win the division. You have to win this week and hope the Dolphins lose to the Baltimore Ravens, and you can win the division. It's not hard. Switch on Buffalo. Switch on. Because the way the Baltimore Ravens are playing right now. I'd probably be backing them in too to beat the Miami Dolphins at home because they're also playing for the one seed. So, yeah. you got the playoffs coming around the corner, man. You can't be taking games off. You really can't. Be better. Be better this week. Finishing up with an elite QB in Brock Purdy. He had a shocker, Mr. Irrelevant. Losing 33-19 to at home yesterday. To the, Sanf- to the Baltimore Ravens, 18-32 for 255, four picks. He threw four picks. And something that's not amazing for Brock was the fact that he went off eventually, injured at the end of the game, and Sam Darnold actually balled out late. That did Brock Purdy no favors whatsoever in those who say that he is, I don't know, a system quarterback or a, or a great game manager a great game manager, not pretty. For someone who was short to win the MVP, and I never think he should have won the MVP anyway, it's now out the door for Lamar Jackson, who's obviously balling out right now and a a huge win at San Francisco. But is this a loss that the Niners had to have to somewhat wake up? They're now in that three-way tie with the Philadelphia Eagles. We spoke about their run home earlier. They travel to to Washington and finish up with the Rams. They've showed in years past that they've dominated the Rams, let's be honest, but they'll want better play out of Brock. If they're going to win a Super Bowl, he can't be throwing four picks. Nope. Rely on the real MVP, which is Christian McCaffrey, to get you home and win the Super Bowl. You're clearly still the best team. You just had a shocker. So when you're throwing four picks and only losing by two scores, just look after the pill and you probably win. Anyway. That is the trash for this week. Let's run along to our question time. As always, at Trash Talk with D Bork, we appreciate those who have sent questions through. And this week, we got two bangers from at Jetta Salapi. Let's hit on the first one. Thoughts on where the Chargers go with their defense? Big names without 
getting results with the likes of Bosa always getting injured. JC Jackson picked up an awful, awful contract. And their only real good result has been Khalil Mack, even though it's kind of been a down year on him. We hype the team up every year and just continue to get nothing. All right, let's answer question one first. I think the Chargers just have to blow it up. Their team has obviously got a lot of money playing in one of the biggest and best stadiums in America so far. They're clearly not getting results with these high-powered or high-contracted big-name big name players. They're not. They made, obviously, a coaching change with Brandon Staley, and he was the one who was controlling the defense, and that kind of showed how good he was going because they were a disaster. <laughs> they really were. And it clearly shows that having names doesn't always bring about the best results. It's as simple as that. So outside of their defense, though, I feel like they've got to give Justin Herbert some help, who's obviously injured at the moment. If you look at their offense, Austin Eckler hasn't been all that this year. They've got no receivers outside of Keenan Allen. And Keenan Allen, at the, you know, the very best, is a slot receiver. Very good slot receiver, but if you're only really relying on him, Josh Palmer can show up every now and then, but it's just not enough to win a Super Bowl. It's not. And you're competing against you know Kansas City every year, Denver's been hasn't been afraid to splash some cash with their defense, and obviously Russell Wilson hasn't worked out, but still, still paid up. You're competing against some some big name teams in your division. Devonta Adams, another receiver, so your secondary has to improve. So go out and get that, maybe shore that up because you know you compete. Like I said, competing as Devonta Adams, Travis Kelsey, you got to be able to cover guys. You do. Yeah, it's it's concerning for the Chargers, but yeah, I th- I think they've just got to you know blow it up and start all over again, because clearly just paying guys to show up and play in LA just isn't isn't doing it at all. It's not. And your second question, thoughts on the Browns D and how far this can take them with how dominant their defensive line is. They made some key acquisitions in the off season. They really did with the picking up the likes of Darius Smith, who my Titans just missed out on. That was. That sucked. A Conkro coming in from the Houston Texans. Obviously, Miles Garrett has still been far and away the best, but I think having these guys outside of him when he's pretty much doubled has has helped them. It really has. They've been dominant. One concern, I guess, with this Browns team is that they are going to be on the road in the playoffs and their last four games on the road. Defeated the Houston Texans. They probably dominated them, but again, against the backup quarterback, conceded 22 points. Lost to the LA Rams conceding 36 points. Lost to the Denver Broncos conceding 29 points. Then defeated Baltimore in Baltimore, but but still conceded 31 points. You look at their last four games at home, defeated the Bears conceding 17, defeated the Jags with a couple of late scores at 27, so that probably looks a bit better for the Jags. Conceded 10 against Pittsburgh, dominant. Conceded 0 against Arizona, dominant. They'll be on the road the first week of the playoffs, given how good Baltimore have been. So, But they're pretty lucky, I guess, with that, is that they'll probably either play Jacksonville or Houston as a five seed. So that helps. It does. It just means Joe Flacco needs to look after the ball and not give, I guess, opposing teams a short field for how good this defense has been to just shore them up and, and win out like that. They're every chance to win first-round playoff game with how good this defense has been. Next year, I think going forward, I don't know what they're going to do with Flacco, given how much they're paying Deshaun Watson. But, yeah. 
as long as you can continue to shore that defence up, you're going to be in the playoffs for many, many years to come. Thank you for sending those through, brother. As always, at Trash Talk with D-Bork there. Keep hitting subscribe, follow away, send through as many questions as you want. I'm all for answering them. Why don't we go to our best bets for week 17 coming up. All right, best bets last week. We went one and two, and our twelve and fourteen on the season there. With yeah, that Miami weather was not favourable to us. Reels going, uh, went two and six, so eleven and twenty-two on the season. As we mentioned, went zero oh and two on Christmas Eve, and zero oh and three on Christmas Day. Combinations being a thing, with going two out of three and all three on Christmas Day here. So that kind of sucked, but you can't do much about that. That is what it is. We'll keep sending those out. Keep following through. We're going to be getting those results. So we get three best bets coming up for week 17. We're one week away from week 18, which is usually a gravy train. <laughs> so we'll start with the game on New Year's Eve. Dallas-Detroit will take the over 53.5. We're back inside Jerry World. This, play, this one's going to have some points in it. It will. The Detroit offense is incredible. Dallas has been lights out at home this year. Detroit's secondary, somewhat of a concern for going forward for this team. So, yeah, I think this, this contest should should have itself probably at least 60-plus. So we'll take the over there. We'll also go the over 48 in Philly, Arizona. Kyler Murray as a mobile quarterback. As long as he's got his mate, Marquise Brown, Trey McBride, uh, they've got enough in them to worry a Philadelphia secondary who just got lit up by Tyrod Taylor. So I feel like that one's going to have some points. And if the Philly offense should have enough to probably put 35 on the board at least. So you think Kyle is going to give us at the very least a couple or three. And last but not least, we will take the Chicago Bears minus three at home to the Atlanta Falcons. Like we said earlier, Justin Fields is playing for his career and he is balling out right now. The offense, the defense, everyone's buying in. And they should be far too good for Artie Smith, who, you know, just over the weekend realized who Bijan Robertson was. So let's hope he forgets who he is this week. <laughs> that was fun. It was. This will be our last episode for 2023. It has been fun. We are, you know, 22 episodes in, 11 in the NFL, 11 in the NBA. I'm having a ball. Thank you so much for, for listening in. I'd be nowhere without anyone who's helped along the way with this it's been an awesome ride and i can't wait to see what 2024 will bring us hopefully it brings us more paydays as well as the fun we continue to bring happy new year to everyone as always we're going to keep up our tiktoks uh, and instagram with the reels at trash talk with debork with that follow away comment away give me give me some love as much as i love you all <laughs> happy new year everyone i'll chat to you soon in 2024 bye bye